The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So then continuing with this sitting, letting yourself become quiet inside if you can. Maybe a little bit like you're listening to a sound far in the distance or music that you really want to savor and you let your mind, thinking mind, become quiet. Let yourself become quiet within, feeling your body, your breathing. The simplicity of being here with the breath Perhaps a simplicity of not having a lot of judgments or thoughts or commentary about what's happening, just being here with it. Perhaps you know the difference between either intuitively or your imagination or in fact, the difference between being very simple here without a lot of thinking versus being caught up in thought, caught up in concerns and worries and what if or should or would or and that difference between being here, <coughs> quietly present. Right now, things are safe. Right now, things are good enough. Right now is not yesterday and what happened then. Right now is not what's going to happen. And there's a difference between being here and simplicity of this moment versus being caught up in desires and fears and about the future and past. And is there some way that you can allow yourself to be here in a simple way. It's okay, just here, breathing. And then imagine, if you can, or think if you can, that you're on a road walking down a path. And in front of you, there's a fork. The path goes either to the left or the right. And then one path goes towards a dangerous place, difficult place. 
place that is kind of dark. And the other place goes through a place of joy, of ease, peace, of light. And standing at the junction of the two roads, two paths, seeing the options. And then you begin to walk down the path towards the light, towards where it's more peaceful and nice, where there's cultivation of virtue, cultivation of kindness and compassion, the path where there's cultivation of mindfulness, peace, tranquility. And imagine yourself walking down that path. And as you walk this path, you come to different crossroads. And as you meet people on the crossroads, they can see that you're on a path to freedom, to peace, to compassion. And you keep going and some people join you. And you meet people along the way that it's clear they're struggling and suffering. And it's so good, so nice to have this path. You don't know if you'll reach the end of the path, but it's so good to be on this path of goodness, of freedom, of peace, of light, openness. And is there any kind of joy that comes from being on this path? What kind of joy might be there? What kind of happiness or well-being or contentment comes from knowing that you're on a path that's so good, a path that does not lead to danger and struggle and So, turning back into your breathing, letting go of thoughts. For a few minutes, being simple here with your mindfulness and concentration on breathing, being mindful of the present moment experience. But as you engage in being mindful, don't worry how poorly you do it or how well you do it. 
engage in the mindfulness practice, meditation, being reassured that as you do it the best you can, you're on a good path. Let there be the joy of being on that path, the contentment, satisfaction, knowing even though it might be difficult to do the path, it's good to be on it. It's good to be bringing mindfulness to this moment, here.
So then to end this sitting, you can take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Feel your body. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So in the last um, 20 years or so here in the modern world, there's been more and more research done on what's called positive psychology, positive emotions. And uh, people felt that there was a lack of such research in the first hundred years of psychology in the West, mostly was looking at pathology rather than health for the most part. And so there's a lot of research, in, you know, on happiness and what are the causes of happiness. And one of the things that, uh, one of the conditions that promotes happiness for people is to do things which are meaningful, do things which feel valuable. And uh, now this idea of doing things meaningful is also a source of a lot of suffering for people because people don't find what's meaningful for them or valuable, or society has a certain thing, they think getting wealthy is meaningful. You know, if you're having retired by the time you're 21, you're probably, you know, doing something wrong. And, um, the, um, and, uh, and some people don't find a purpose for their lives, don't find like a thing that they're gonna do, but what they find meaningful is how they do whatever they do. So they might have, a, they might be, I don't know what, work at McDonald's. Um, but uh, what, how they work is what's important. And that has meaning, as opposed to working at McDonald's is meaningful. And so sometimes we overemphasize the importance of finding, you know, a meaningful job or activity. Um, but how we do, you know, is maybe more important overall anyway. So these two uh, things, what we do and how we do, come together with Buddhist practice, with like a meditation practice. Um, there's both, you know, the, it's a path that's very meaningful. It's a path that leads to freedom, a path that leads to personal growth and development. It's a path that is, supports the other people and it's a compassionate path. So it has, it's a meaningful path to go on. But also a, whole, a big part of what the path is about is how we are anyway. So it doesn't matter so much if the path is meaningful in and of itself, because what's meaningful is how we engage in it, how we are. And in fact, the two come together. It's one of the reasons they're so meaningful is because it's all about how we are. So, and so some people focus more on the, that's on a meaningful path, spiritual path, and some people don't have a sense of the goal or the purpose of it in some bigger sense, but they have a very clear, immediate sense of that, how valuable it is to, um, to focus on how we are and how that's a gift to society to be more generous, to be more kind, compassionate, to be more calm and wise. And that these, are, these are meaningful things to, to how to find one's life. And one of the sources of joy 
<clears throat> in, Bu- in Buddhist practice is to feel joy in how meaningful and valuable it is to be involved in the practice. It's really meaningful for ourselves and the world to be involved in a path like this. Some people take it to be the, uh, that, that which has ultimate value for them. That's probably why, why Buddhism qualifies as a religion in the United States. We have non-religious, non-profit status. Is because we're, we, are, we belong to a, a kind of a category of human endeavors that focus on what brings uh, ultimate value to people. And that's kind of the purpose of religion, or that's kind of one aspect. What has ultimate value for people, what they orient their lives around. And so this uh, Buddhist path can have ultimate value. It's a tremendous value. In, in Buddhist language, it's said to have, be a path of nobility, path of dignity and worth. It's a beautiful thing to do. I know it's not easy always, but it's just... Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, um, I feel a lot of happiness that I know about the path, that I'm on the path of practice. And um, I, I, don't, I don't care actually so much how far I go in my lifetime. I feel just lucky to be on the path. I don't go as far as I go, but I just, I'm content to just be doing it. <clears throat> and then, um, so the joy of that is very meaningful, and there's a joy that, that to discover something about finding the path right here in how we are. And that brings joy to me. And, and the joy of the path can sustain us, can support us, can nourish us, supports us as we go along the way. And it's very important to help overcome things like doubt or very help, helpful to, over, to support us when things get difficult in practice. You know, things are supposed to get difficult when we practice because you know, if, if we never had any challenges when we practice, probably the pra- practice wouldn't be worth much. You know, it's because we're up against hard stuff in ourselves that the path is so meaningful. You know, like, you know, yes, there's a path here, and I know it's going to be hard and, and uh, very, very difficult, but boy, am I lucky. I, there's a path, there's a way, and I have a lot of confidence and trust that, yes, I can see this through. So, um, um, so, I, so the joy of doing the practice. So all of you, whether you've, just by virtue of being here today, <clears throat> It could be that you've only been doing this for a few weeks. It could be you've been doing it for a few years. All of you share some interest in doing this practice. Meditation, mindfulness, maybe Buddhism. Um, uh, so what, what is the joy that you have? What joy do you have? What joy can you imagine having? <laughs> what joy do you have? What contentment, what satisfaction, what delight, what confidence do you have in this path, in this practice? Um, If you're new to the practice, maybe you're just kind of finding your way still, it's okay. But uh, the idea that you can be nourished or supported by a joyful involvement with something meaningful in practice is a very important element of the practice. And uh, and that becomes a stepping stone to what we'll do do after this. So what I... um, thought it would be nice to do to explore that is um, <clears throat> I think I have to I, I think I, I, I've, I've not quite I have, I have this idea to do something a little more creative uh, so we'll see how that works I just make it up but I, we'll see but the, it starts by forming groups of three there's 21 people here so you can form groups of three seven groups of three and have a conversation it can be a little more open it doesn't have to be a spiral if you don't want it could be the spiral thing but more open um, where, uh, but uh, uh, 
but in the same kind of way where you, you, you don't, um, don't offer a lot, just offer one thing. Not everything you can possibly think about on this topic, but offer one thing and let other people speak and then offer something again. Just like a little bit, but it can go back and forth in a more looser way. And the topic is, um, what joy do you get from this practice? From mindfulness practice, meditation practice, from Buddhist practice, from engaging in Buddhism, you know, your whole, you know, whatever involvement you have, what joy is there for you? In the, is it meaningful for you? In what way is it meaningful? How is that meaning, meaningfulness, purposefulness bring you joy, contentment, delight? Something in that area. Um, and I hope that the way I worded it, the intention of how I worded it is to make it a very broad, a lot of ways in which you can answer it. So you can find your own ways. not like I'm looking for the right answer. So whatever is elicited for you and hearing, this is the topic. And then you might say something very different than the other people in your little group. So that's the first part. So, uh, you know, in this, so is this um, clear enough? So can, uh, if you could form groups of three and probably talk for about, I don't know, six, seven minutes, and then uh, we'll do the next step. So what I'd like to do now, this is a creative part maybe, hopefully, it's <laughs> and that is, um, is um, in that you know, most of your groups of three, uh, if we make three big groups um, with one representative from uh, each of the groups of three in the larger group, then uh, the larger group uh, can uh, each of you can report a little bit to the larger group uh, what was most inspiring or meaningful for you in p- being part of this conversation with a group of three? So I'll say that again. So each of you are going to report to others something about your little conversation you had now. And what you're going to report is you're going to report what was it that was most inspiring to you about What's, what do you find meaning? What's what someone found or you found or the sense of meaning or purposefulness of practice? What are you posing? And it, don't worry, it's not a test. You don't like you know, provide like the, you know, it's not a high standard we're holding you to. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what, what did you find most inspiring uh, in that conversation that you just had? And so you're going to be telling that to a group of other people. And uh, the group of people you're going to tell is you're going to tell to, uh, to someone, uh, um, so this is how we're going to make the other groups, okay? So uh, go around in, in your group of three and your group of four and uh, count, uh, take a you count one to three and, uh, and then remember your count. It's so like you're one and you'd be two and you'd be three, okay? So it's just kind of, you know, everybody kind of get that established? And you guys can get, you have two ones. into a big group again.
So, any comments or questions, concerns, protests? Anything you'd like to, before we take a break, anything be nice to follow up on? Yes. Let's use the mic. Is it being recorded? Uh, I was wondering if this working on um, joy is a little parallel to something else in Buddhism. Um, sometimes they talk about people having sudden enlightenment, some story, some guy's meditating, and then this pebble hits a bunch of bamboo and whammo, you know. But then when they tell the story, they always emphasize that this person, maybe it was sudden, total enlightenment, but for years this person had been kind of um, gearing themselves towards it, preparing is it the same thing you think? When we talked about, I think the first time we talked, it was about people talked about sometimes having joy unexpectedly. Yeah. And other times talking about kind of, uh, um, I don't know how to say, preparing, orienting themselves. Cultivating it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that like part of, of this practice of joy that you're kind mm. of preparing yourself? I think, I, I think all of Buddhist practice. Uh, it's big, very important to understand that in, it, it, uh, all of it, or a big part of it, has to do about uh, uh, creating the conditions. Mm-hmm. And so we want to create, to create the conditions for joy, the condi- create the conditions for concentration, create the conditions for enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And so, just like uh, I said earlier, um, uh, the pursuit of happiness directly uh, is kind of a dead end, doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Usually we have to be engaged in something else that brings us happiness. There's a condition for happiness. So a lot of Buddhist practice, so like the, I talked earlier about the, uh, virtue, uh, what we'd contribute is becoming more virtuous, and that's a con- that creates a condition for developing the path. Things unfold from there. And so putting in place all kinds of conditions rather than making something happen, doing something, I'm going to become a better person, we create the conditions for a better person or conditions, conditions for joy. And then you appreciate that, that there are many conditions we can do to contribute. And some of the things we're talking about today are some of the conditions you can appreciate that can bring joy. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, you, the condition of um, pleasure, mm-hmm. some kind of healthy, good pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a condition of um, how we're engaged in what we do. So we have to look at how do we, how do we work? How do we engage? What do we, you know, that's an important condition. Uh, the condition of appreciation appreciating ourselves, appreciating others. The, the condition of doing something we feel is meaningful. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I mean, um, there are some really p- enjoyable, pleasant TV shows to watch. You know, and it can be really nice to stay all day in bed with your iPad just watching movie after movie after... I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, some of them are really worthwhile seeing, you know. Move after another one, you know, and sinking your, you know, you fuse to your mattress. Um, the, uh, uh, even though there's pleasure and some meaning in that, it, it's not a condition that leads to a healthy kind of joy. And so, so what, what are the conditions you want to have in place for joy? So does that make sense? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about the conditions. Uh, for me, I'm thinking more about the physical stuff. Um, like, could my apartment be a place for the disciple of the Buddha to live in? I don't mean that I make it look monastic or yeah. more Asian or something like that. I think the Buddha can live in all kinds of apartments. 
I, I mean, you know, the decor could be totally different everywhere, you know. But still, like, um, how do I make the physical things around me the ones I have choice about, like my apartment? Right, it can make a difference. Um, it can make a, it, this can, these, all these, all these can make a difference. In fact, uh, the instructions, uh, the conditions that help to create, con- uh, support concentration mm-hmm. is a clean, well-ordered uh, room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but right now we're, but right now we're just looking for joy. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so, you know, so one of, the, one of the guidelines to know what kind of conditions to put in place that I'd like to use uh, is the ideas of nurturing. So we feel nurtured, we feel like it kind of uh, feeds us in a good way. And so how you, uh, keep, you keep your house, um, does, it, does it nourish you or nurture you? Or uh, does it bring you joy? Does it, you, when you go home, do you go, oh no. <laughs> you know, oh no, I can't even go into the kitchen. <laughs> or is it like you come in, oh, look at this. It's like, you know, a clear clear, sunny day going to my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You smile. Oh. (laughs) So any other questions, concerns? Yes, back behind you, Anne. Yolanda. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of seeing conflicting messages. Like one is saying that joy or pleasure is like one of the hindrances, mm. and you shouldn't. And then, and then, joy can be or pleasure can be clinging too. And at the same time, we should pursue joy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I can. I think that's a lot of people feel some conflict in these teachings. Um, there are people. There are ways of hearing the teachings. Even how some people teach that uh, joy is a problem. Like when I was in Zen. Uh, joy was seen seen to be a problem. You shouldn't be sitting there and having joy. That's a sidetrack. But in our tradition here, coming back from the Buddha, joy, happiness, delight, all these things are emphasized over and over again in the text as an important part of the path. Pleasure is a little more complicated because um, there's two kinds of pleasure. There's what's called sensual pleasure and non-sensual pleasure. And so meditation, is, even though it feels sensual to some of us, it's non-sensual because it's not coming from our senses being stimulated from the outside. So if we get a massage, if, if we see a beautiful movie, a beautiful sight, if we drink, t- taste the alcohol, these are all pleasures that come from outside. And so those are called uh, sense-based or sensual pleasures. There's nothing wrong with those inherently. It's fine to have some sense pleasures uh, uh, but uh, the attachment to them, the addiction to them, uh, those are devastating for people and very hard. And so when, when people are attached to pleasure, that's a hindrance to the path. When we're not attached to pleasure and the pleasure is of this non-sensual type, or even sensual types at times, but it's feeding us and nourishing us, creating conditions to be more open and more present, and we want to be present and available to the world in a nicer way, then uh, that kind of pleasure is helpful. So there's not a judgment about pleasure or joy in and of itself. It's really the consequence of those, is the consequence of pursuing pleasure beneficial for you and for other people. And so the uh, meditative pleasure 
within reason, pursuing that, being supported by that, guided by that is very helpful. And you're allowed to have very intense pleasure in meditation. I mean, this is what, for some people, um, uh, the pleasure of meditation, uh, the physical pleasure of meditation is greater than any other physical uh, 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 pleasure that anybody can experience. And some people say even, even better than sexual pleasure. People go, oh, really? And it lasts longer. <laughs> and, uh, and so the, it's, it's actually helpful. And people will get attached to that, but it's not a dangerous attachment because it's self-correcting. You're not going to hang out too long being attached because it's, it's a drag. And, uh, and, uh, and joy, all same way. Uh, uh, you know, if you feel a lot, of, you, if, if, if you walk out of here and your joy is because you just got the message you won the lottery, you know, um, it, what they've studied, people who win lo- big lottery wins, and a year after the winning the lottery, they're more unhappy than they were before they won the lottery. So, so initially, like, I'm joyful, but, you know, you see some, you know, um, you know if you came back, got the message that you just want $100 million in the lottery and you were really happy leaving here, I'd be sad for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that it's not a good path to take. So what the joy, so there's different kinds of joy, right? So, um, so what brings you joy? So there, are, there, are there joys that are nourishing and the consequences are really great? Right, so if 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 uh, if you, I'm sitting here and you guys are praising me to a high end, like, you know that I'm like the greatest, greatest whatever teacher ever on the planet and the universe and everything, and I just wow, that's great, and I I feel kind of joyful, you know, wow, yeah, <laughs> I can go along with that, <laughs> you know, you should feel sorry for me. <laughs> You know, that's a, it's, a set, it's, a, it's a setup for all kinds of problems. So that kind of joy is not so healthy. So it makes sense? Yeah. So we have, to dif- we have to differentiate. We have to differentiate. But there are pleasures and there are joys which are an important part of the path. And, and, we need, and, and it's good to recognize them and include them and be supported by them because the support from those it makes it easier to follow the path further. So are you going to teach a class in that ki- other kind of pleasure you were talking about? Oh, you mean the, the better than sex? sex, sex? Yeah. <laughs> You're um, ready. <laughs> no, it, that wasn't it, my it, question. But, but it's a good question. Um, uh, it's, uh, that level of pleasure comes from doing concentration practice. And, and mindfulness meditation can, when it's uh, canon of itself, lead to that kind when there's a lot of concentration that comes with the mindfulness. But generally, people do pure concentration practice to have that level of, of, uh, of bliss. How do you describe that concentration? What do I define as concentration? Concentration is one-pointed concentration where you're completely absorbed in a one-pointed, stable, still way with whatever you're focusing on. So that could be the breathing. You're just completely absorbed in the breath. And the mind gets very, very, very still and very absorbed. Imagine reading a really good book and you're really absorbed in the book and there's a very nice feeling of pleasure of being absorbed in it and the world falls away from you and time stops. And you're just really there. It feels so good to be involved in the book. Imagine that multiplied a hundred times. Maybe. Okay, I had, um, what I wanted to ask you about is um, I had a teacher um, for a, 
a, cl- uh, a class that doesn't have to do with the, this at, at all. But she came from a very strong meditation background. She was studying within that Buddha, a Buddhist community in Berkeley. And um, she had this motto, do what's easy, effortless, and enjoyable. And I asked her, where is that coming from? And she said it was from this Buddhist center she was going to. I can't remember the name of the teacher at the moment, but I wanted you to just comment on that, if you see that as being even possible, and if you would, if you advocate so how, do, how so you so relate to that. So do what's easeful and she joyful. Sa- she would say, do what's easy, effortless, and enjoyable uh-huh. I think in your that, life. I think that's a, a great guideline, and there are times when that's really a good guideline to follow, and especially if you have a high-quality sense of ease, then to use that ease as a teacher and to learn how you lose that ease and, and, um, and learn how to stay on track with that ease. <clears throat> Effortlessness is kind of connected to ease. <clears throat> to do what's joyful, it's healthy kind of joy. Uh, I mean, don't go buy lottery tickets because you think that's going to be right. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's a great guideline. But to only do that, uh, uh, it, it, it doesn't uh, recognize that sometimes practice is really hard. People have tremendous addictions and drives that are unhealthy. And sometimes, literally, in order to not give in to some things, you have to kind of sit and just sit and be with it. You have to, you have to kind of grit your teeth and break into a sweat. I mean, the, the power of the mind and the power of those drives we have is so strong. And just to say, follow your ease and your effortlessness and your joy, <clears throat> uh, sometimes these drives we have will take over because they're, they're stronger. So you have to really make manual labor to kind of not give into it. That's required sometimes. Also, the, the, that kind of instructions, it's a, it's a wise many, in many situations, <clears throat> but it can also lead to a certain complacency where we're kind of like, oh, it's all okay, and I'm content and happy and easeful. The mind is drifting and thinking, and it's not, not conducive to really getting uh, concentrated, really still and focused and, a really, and really honest and engaged in the depth of what's going on. So sometimes you need to have a little bit of... Uh, of uh, uh, um, there has to be strong effort that's effortless. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, I'm not really going to make any effort, I'm just going to let my mind drift. I've known people have done this. Oh, you're not supposed to make too much effort, you're supposed to be easy, and, you know, I'll think about lottery numbers. and. <laughs> Well, she did live that out, and the other motto she would talk about is making your life a work of art. And this was in the 70s, and I've heard that said by other people, but I'm just mentioning that. That's a great thing. Both both, uh, little mottos are great mottos, but they all have to be contextualized and and understood in the right way, especially the first one. Uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom to it, but it can't be the only teaching people get. One, one more thing, and then we're going to take a break. I just have a, a question along with the first question I asked. You mentioned concentration, and concentrating on the breath is one method. Is that what reciting a mantra is? Generally, is in, from, a, from a Buddhist point of view, uh, meditating on a mantra is considered a concentration practice. People who do a mantra meditation sometimes won't agree. So, you know, who, you know what exactly it is. You know, it's people, it's other religions sometimes. I don't want to judge them or say what they are. 
But within Buddhism, mantra meditation is a concentration practice and you can develop a lot of bliss doing that. Okay, so um, we will take a break for 15 minutes. And so it's now 2.20.